Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about poetry awards in the second part of the interview with Andy from St Francis Hospice. Welcome to The Kindness Project. That was super serious. Eh. Why was that? So now I just felt like it. Welcome to the Kindness Project. What listeners don't know is you did try the intro just a second ago and then had a burp. <laughs> a little burp. So we had to start again, didn't you? I am joined by a girl whose intro I can't currently find. I am joined by a girl. Do you, do you want me to go? I'll, yeah, I'll just go. go. I'll go. just go. Uh, I'm joined by a man who believes his rapper name should be Kaiser Advisor. Kaiser Advisor? When did I say Kaiser Advisor? <laughs> like a month or two ago. I, and I just, like I just kind of wrote it down and just... You're keeping that. That's going to be a future intro. It is the intro. I'm just I'm used to... Where it was common for people to ask what became of Charlotte Danes. Not much, really. You know what? Let's talk about... Let's show off a bit about you for a little bit. Um, how about that poem that you wrote and got into uh, into an awards thing? That was quite good. Why are you shrugging? That was really good. It was decent. It was decent. What was the poem called? Uh, fly. And what was it about? Uh, I think it was about, like, I don't know. Just kind of, I wrote it and I was like, oh, this is nice. I think it was about like being tied down by like doubts and fears and, and stuff like escaping that. Those doubts yeah. Okay, that's good. And what, what, what was the uh, what was the awards thing that you won for? Uh, it was just nothing. I just won a certificate, a bookmark. No, you didn't. And it could be in a book. It's going to be in a book. Yeah. It's going to be in a book. It's going to be in a book. It could be in a book. No, it's going to be in a book. Okay. So you won a certificate, a bookmark, and you are going to be a published author and the two that you mentioned the certificate and the bookmark <laughs> what, what's going on with that oh I'm going to be a published author and I want a certificate and a bookmark dad what's going on with that love a good bookmark <laughs> what did the bookmark say uh, it just had the name of the, the competition on it ok fair enough what's the best bookmark you've ever had don't know you know what we should have done while we were in Japan Got yourself a Moomin book, bookmark. Yeah. No, yeah, could have done that. Could have got a Pokemon bookmark. Could have done, could have done. Um, what bookmark would you like? What would be the most... I don't know, I've got like five bookmarks now. and just kind of like starting what's, a collection. What's your favourite bookmark? Um, it's It was this one that Mum got me for like 99p. Okay, what's it say? Um, a book is just a, a world that you can keep in your pocket or something like that. Nice. Nice. Do you know who said it? No, it was a Chinese proverb. Ah, right. Okay, interesting. That's as much as I know. So, if people want to get in touch with this, Charlotte, where do they do that? On Facebook, because I'm there. We're um, the Kindness Project, or is it Honor Kindness? I get very confused. Um, at, on Facebook, it's uh, the Kindness Project. On Twitter, however, Honor Kindness. Holla Kindness, yeah. Good at to you. Holla Kindness on Instagram. It's the kindness project. Is it? I think. Okay. So that or holy kindness. <laughs> if you search, I follow it on Instagram. If you wait. search all your platforms of choice for either Holler Kindness or the Kindness, kindness project, project, you should find right. it. Uh, and then people can email us at holler at the kindnessproject.co.uk. Uh, now, uh, I've got 
quite a philosophical question this week. Oh, here we go. Now, I know, I know that philosophical questions often don't get the best responses when we ask them, but I think this one will. And the question is, what would you love to be remembered for? How would you answer that? I don't know. I feel like I'd like to be remembered not for my work. Okay. Like, I don't know. Is that because you don't do any or is that because... <laughs> hardy, hardy, hard. Oh, is that... <laughs> yeah, I've done it. It's detrimental and it's yeah. phenomenal. Um, I'd like to be remembered for my non-existent work. Thank you very much. No, you look, listen, you work hard. You work relatively hard in between Netflix binges. I've just used a future intro of the podcast way to... I might roll that down. Um, okay, so not for your work. Oh, I haven't used Netflix in ages. Not for your work, Amazon Prime. <laughs> there we not, go. Not for your work. Other streaming services are available. <laughs> oh, we haven't done that for ages, have we? We haven't done that uh, kindness project trope. Other kindness project tropes are available um, uh, for ages. Tell me, don't want to be remembered for your work, but what would you like to be remembered for? My personality. What aspects would you like to be? Somebody's at your funeral and they're saying, Charlotte was this, what would you love to be remembered for? Kind. Kind? Mm. And what else? I don't know. Indecisive, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind and, I don't know, indecisive. Um, anything else? Nope. Okay, so just kind, fair enough. So, um, shall, my, f- my friend, we get on with the show? Yeah, sure, let's go. <gasps> Kindness news! And I've got an edition this week, because okay. I've just been out and got the paper, which is unusual. I don't normally buy a paper apart from the weekend. He buys oh, paper I, every weekend, it oh, is the weekend. It is the weekend. It's Sunday. And it's called... I the week I weekend that's the paper I get every weekend and I thought it would be a bit of a kindness news experiment to see how many pages it would take me to find some good news now good what's news. your bet five minimum five minimum I'm gonna go for seven you've counted it though no, I haven't I haven't I haven't one two oh hold on hold on there might be no no can't see any on there there's new baby son for Kim Kardashian count as good good news. No, it doesn't. One, two, three. She's always um, having new baby children. Is Trump in no hurry to end China trade war count as good news? No. no. Four, five, six. So we've got loads of Brexit in there. That doesn't count as good news. Seven, um, eight, nine. Does fly tipping up by nearly 40%? Good news. There's more fly tipping than you know. <laughs> 10. Um, does an advert in Florida count as good news? Um, 11. 12. 13. Right, here we go. And 80, 13 pages it took me to find good news, but I found it. It is in That's there. literally the, the, your number plus my number. It is, yeah. So, an 81-year-old woman who has spent more than 60 years searching for her mother has met her for the first time. That's good news, isn't mm-hmm. it? Eileen Macken, who lives in Dublin, first began searching for her birth mo- mother when she was 19. 
I've got a lifetime of dead ends. She recently turned to Irish broadcaster RTE, which agreed to help and set a geneolo uh, genealogist to the task. They discovered that Miss Macken's biological mother, Elizabeth, who turns 104 today and still alive, was living in Scotland. She went to visit her mother with her husband George, as well as her daughter and son-in-law. The mother of three also discovered after meeting her mother that she has two half-brothers. Now, I've got to say, one of my favourite, favourite shows, and the one that always makes me sob a bit... Long Lost Families. I love that show. So I do love a good uh, re reuniting family story. Um, I went over to see her, and she's the most beautiful lady lovely family and they came in and gave me a great welcome we came in and honestly i haven't got over the acceptance i got they accepted me and i had a great chat with my mother i said we were from ireland and she said i was born in ireland and i said you know i'm your daughter and she just looked up at me and she took me by her hand she was thrilled and she never let go of my hand we had three days of wonderful happiness I've never had before. I love that. I absolutely love that. So that was on page 13. Let's try and find... 14. 14. 15. 15 um, 16. 16. Any, any good news on there? Can't mm, see any 17. Got an opinion. Uh, 18. 19. Oh, we're, we're, taking, we're having some going now. Um, 20. 21. 22, 23, I'm going to give up in a minute, 24, 25, oh, is back by popular demand, classical music is resurgent, in its resurgence, good news. Oh, classical music, I like classical music. Depends, depends I suppose, on whether you're a flat fan of classical music. I will find one more piece of good news. In the meantime, while I try and find another piece of good news, news can you share a piece of good news? What, and waste one of my entire editions just to give you one piece of good news? Go on, please. Okay, let's, let's give it a Google search. Good news. Oh, God, I just closed something. Okay, no, 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 I've, I found it. Page 34. Um, these are the people who are, who are having a good week. Jessica Anderson, the NHS nurse who told who was told her American World Record attempt was void because she wore scrubs rather than a dress, has had the decision overturned. That's quite nice. Qantas flew the first, world's first waste-free flight by upsetting carbon and using biodegradable containers. Good news. Green energy. Britain went a week without using coal to generate electricity for the first time since 1882. Nice. Good news. And Waylon and... Kawai Sawul, the Reuters journalist jailed in Myanmar for their reporting on the Rohingya crisis was freed. So we're we're like we sort of we've got a decent bit of good news here. And then Roger Hallam, the Extinction Extinction Rebellion founder, was cleared of causing damage worth seven thousand pounds by dogging a slogan protesting fossil fuel fuels on the listed building at King's College London. So that's who's having a good week this week. And that's the only good news I could find in a 50-page newspaper. Um, which is a bit depressing. 
for this week's kindness news, but it is what it is, isn't it? It's the honesty of society. No, 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 no. It's not like the honesty. It's the focus on the negative of society. Yeah, but that's what everyone wants to read, isn't it? It makes everything so much more intriguing when everything is going wrong. I know, but that's not the reality of life, is it? Never said that. So what are you saying? Saying that we want we want to know about the bad more than we want to know why about the good. Why though? Why do we want to know about the bad? I don't know. Why why shouldn't we celebrate the positive and accentuate the good news as opposed to focusing on what's going wrong in the world? I think because the reality is that is the exception and not the rule. All that bad news mm. is telling us what goes wrong. But you think about it. If I if I if we look at that bad news, right? Uh, and, and I just pick any of these things. Have any of these things happened to you and I in, in our lives? Um, have we ever um, uh, been impacted by Trump or China's trade war? Probably in the future, yeah, we're going to be. Have we ever um, been uh, mentally fragile pupils? <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably, <laughs> to be honest. Um, have we, are we a Labour Party backbencher trying to fight Corbyn? No, I don't think so. Are you? Are you, no. are you, are you something, there's something you're not telling no. me? No. And um, are there, um, are you a train, um, are you a train spotter? And are you looking at the flying Scotsman who's trying to install cameras to deter train spotters? No. Okay. Are you in need of a vital health check? Probably. <laughs> Um, are you looking at building your bucket list for middle age? Yeah. Are you um, are you a terrorist? <laughs> no. Are you um, um, aiming to visit the moon? Sounds fun. Are you a peacock? <laughs> are you um, childly uh, part of a childhood obesity epidemic? Look, you're none I of those things, not. are you? So, so therefore, what I'm saying is maybe we should focus on the good. Rant over, end the kindness news. I'm just going to let you do it next week. This week we've got um, the second part of Andy from St Francis Hospice's interview. He was amazing last week. Really looking forward to finishing the interview, which does include, as always, some questions of the podcast. Cool. And uh, I'd imagine... Part of a fundraiser as well is to empower people to, to, to do their own thing to help to spot them. Do you know what? As uh, when I came into fundraising, I was probably very naive. Okay. Eight years on, I've learnt the techniques, and I, I guess people would class me now as a professional fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you go on to courses and yeah. you learn this and you learn that. What was your biggest surprise about professional fundraising? Uh. The capabilities, really. Okay. Because it doesn't matter whether somebody does a pound or whether they do a hundred thousand pound. Yeah. Um, it's, it's getting people to think about what that donation does to a local charity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the national charities can reach out nationally. Yeah. Okay? And still get the majority of donations, yeah. right? Yeah. So what happens is, is the amount that some of the charities spend on their advertising, which you see on your television every night yeah. or on your radio, the amount they're spending would keep our hospice running yeah. for yeah, a year yeah, or two years. Expensive. It's just, but it's a balance, and that's why yeah. it's understanding local charities. And what, what's, what's been your 
the fundraising idea that's been the most bizarre or the one that you're most proud of? I don't know about most proud of, but I can tell you bizarre. Um, it really partnering up with my, my DJ event, yeah. um, going back to soul music. I started an event nine years ago now called It's Like Candy. Okay. The reason it was called that is because you play a lot of the 80s soul tracks by bands like Cameo. Yeah. And they've got a track called Candy. Yeah. And some 10 years ago, the dance routine that goes with yeah. Candy was gathering momentum. Yeah, okay, yeah. So everywhere I was going, doing all these little parties, netball presentations, and the first year seven people knew to dance, and the next yeah. year 17 people yeah. knew it. And this was going on everywhere. So when I started this event, I thought, that's what I'm going to call it. So I did that. Well, this event now is four times a year. Gotcha. And it's been running for nine Where'd years. You have it? Well, funny enough, we moved this year. We've been holding it. We started at Dagenham Redbridge Football Club, okay. then it went to the Millhouse Social Club oh, right. in the A13, yeah. and now it's moving this June to the Manor Hotel, which is the old Berwick Manor. Oh, no, we so yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that. So going back to that, there are people that have been attending that event for years, yeah. and a really good friend of ours. Uh, she won't mind me naming her by the name of Jill Wallace. Her father was sick. Okay. He got cared for by the hospice and he passed away at the hospice. And she really wanted to give something back. It's that same story each time. And she came to me and she'd been involved previously in her working role at Dagenham Redbridge Football Club. She said, Andy, I've got this idea. She said, I'm going to get as many people as I can to do the candy dance on the pitch. Love it. Love it. But then it became complicated with the football club because we had to wait till the end of the season yeah, because yeah, of being yeah. on the pit. It was a tremendous day. Amazing. Just a lot of fun. Amazing. And Have you had anyone on the pitch? Oh, God. Do you know, I wouldn't... A couple of hundred, I would okay. say. Okay. A couple of hundred. But it was... I'm, I'm now going to have to YouTube the candy guys because obviously I'd ask you to do it, but it doesn't really work on a No, not, not on... <laughs> no. It's funny, going back to what I was saying about, you know, when I was starting it nine years ago and yeah. it was gathering... Seven people might know it and a year later, 17 people might know it. Yeah. When myself and my partner dropped this song at our events, you've got... 200 plus people Love it. doing it. Love it. What's, what's the best soul song you've ever heard? Ever heard? Yeah. Oh, what's God. It, what's your, what? it would, almost an impossible question to answer. Okay. But I would say, I'll say this. If he's not the best, Luther Vandross is one of the best yeah, soul singers yeah. we've ever had the pleasure of listening to. Yeah. So I have every single one of his albums. Okay. You couldn't ask me to pick a favourite track, favorite his, but he yeah. has a velvet voice. Yeah, Luther is a, Luther is a bit amazing. Yeah. Um, so, um, tell me a little bit about what's going on in 2019, 2020, uh, and what, what's, what's coming up that's new, fresh, okay. exciting. You know, what, Absolutely. One of the... One of the um, events that brings in the most revenue through the calendar is the London Marathon. Okay. But for me personally, Chris, it, it gets better every year. Now, what's also really important, what we haven't covered, is that the hospice has around about 800 volunteers. Okay. I'm still a volunteer myself. Even though I'm in, an employed member of staff, um, it's the cause. Yeah. It's the reason why you came in the first place. Yeah. And with the marathon, they will say to us as staff, we need some of you to volunteer. Yeah. You can either do the morning shift or you can do the afternoon shift. And I'm telling you, I'm there from the moment it begins 
to the moment. It well, ends. It's my favourite day of the year. So, so it's really interesting. I've when when we were arranging this interview, I asked the guys at the Hospice, who I know, you know, the fundraising guys, who do I need to talk to about this? And they went, you've got to have a chat with Andy. You've got to talk to Andy. He's the most enthusiastic man about the Hospice I know. Um, and I said, yeah, okay. I said, he's part of the fundraising team. And I, uh, uh, and I said, oh, right, he's employed. He went, no, he's more than employed. He believes in this. He's employed, and then he gives over and above everything. So I've got to say, they probably tell you this anyway, but they've got a massive amount of respect for you, mate. That's really say, kind. To say that, and I thought I'd share that with Thank you. Thank you very much, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, no worries. My second story is, is uh, about marathon. So I did my first marathon um, just before I was 40, a couple of years ago now. Um, it was Paris, because I couldn't get into London for Love Not Mali. Um, and it's on the list. I've got to do it. I've got to get it done. So I'm 41 now, so I've probably got to get done over the next couple of years. Um, uh, but I did Paris, and I was so slow. A man with an Eiffel Tower on his head, <laughs> finish line, um, and I got attacked by a man with a baguette, um, purely and simply because they were just all the five. I, I did it about five and a half hours, so not super quick. Um, but by the time I was running, they'd started opening all the roads, and there was just a guy with his breakfast crossing the road with a bag and a baguette, and I was getting in the way of his breakfast. Right. So he started swinging his baguette across the road. Charming. Got back home and had my first, went to work on a Monday, uh, had my first client meeting, and uh, Mark said to me, um, how did the marathon go? I was like, amazing. I cried at the end, yeah. loved doing it. Um, but I did get attacked by a man with a pet, and he went, could you make it sound any more French? Did he have onions? <laughs> did he have a striped jumper? Always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't, but he just forget. But yeah, anyway, sorry. I'm not sure that will happen in London. <laughs> but I what I would say, what I would say is it's a proper London day. Yeah. I you know what, the Paris one was brilliant, but I think I was expecting London, like people lining the roads, and, and, and weirdly, Paris, they're way too sophisticated for that, right? Yeah. They're just yeah. sort of, they, they might have a little clap and have a glass of wine, but not as enthusiastic as around. I'll tell you what's important for us yeah. is the fact that we are given a spot. Yeah. We're at mile 23, okay. which is not that far from yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are really struggling when they get yeah. to that point. So you've got to be So what happens is, is that we are there yeah. as a team to whip up our runners. Yeah. But it doesn't work like yeah, that, Chris. Yeah, yeah. You are literally supporting every single person yeah, that goes you past you. you and you are left in awe of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think us as human beings, you know, to a degree we know our capabilities. Yeah. I don't think long distance running is for me. Okay. All right? But I will give everything to help those that are going to do that. Not yeah. not not just for our charity. Yeah. But all the charities. It's the and what you just said about emotion. Mm-hmm. It it can be the most emotional day that you can take part yeah. in because you reach everything, yeah. you know, and it's oh you can't put it into words and I I literally can't wait for that day to come around. Um, love it. And and more importantly, it generates an enormous amount of money for the hospice. Yeah, yeah, so it's your biggest fundraising. One of the biggest, yeah. one and of the that, biggest. Hayburn's got its own half marathon there, isn't it? Yeah, right just so a, I think I'm, it's his first year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about giving that go, actually. I haven't signed up yet. But well, that's obviously your... See, I'm a footballer. 
So yeah. I still play, even at 51, I play every week. I'm not good at football. But running yeah. is not... Well, I'm, I'm not a natural runner, but I, I, I need, I, for me, it's just something to keep me fit. And I do a bit of gym, I do a bit of running, but yeah, my... And what were you, what position did you play? Well, now I'm getting further and further back. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say I kind of play quite a sweeper role. Okay, who's um, Well, it's what it is, it's a, it's a group of guys very, very good standard. Some of them were, were ex-semi-pro. Yeah, yeah. But it's fitness and fun. Yeah. So I've done my time of playing in the leagues, yeah. five, five yeah. asides and seven asides as I was getting older. Yeah. But this is a group of lads, like I say, good standard. We don't even need a referee. Yeah. It's the same set of lads. We have two extremely good goalkeepers, yeah, so yeah. that's important. Yeah. We haven't got someone just prepared to go in goal. Yeah. Two good keepers. They Out of the pool of lads they pick the teams every week okay. it's fantastic love it uh, uh, every, every week every Tuesday yeah cool. amazing every Tuesday um, and before we talk about how people get in touch with you what we do on the podcast is we have a different question of the podcast every week it's not normally kindness related it can be related to about anything what our listeners do is um, just tell us what they think okay. just give us their answers I'm just going to share some of those with you okay so um, uh, first one is what's the best Muppet you know like the, the Muppet it's like Kermit and who, who's the best one I would go for Kermit every time would you yeah see I'm an animal fan no animal. Kermit every time why Kermit well he's a striking colour for a start <laughs> And he's a he's a cheeky little sod. He is, he is a bit. He and I think um, yeah, I think some of us can relate to uh, Kermit. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what um, if you could live the life of a book character? Who would you choose? Book or film? Book or film? God, what a great question. Cool. Uh, let's go to uh, one of my favourite films, which is very light-hearted. The Wedding Singer. Okay. Okay? The guy was trying to be serious and he was trying to be successful, but because it wasn't happening, he fell into the trap of becoming a wedding singer. But he's amusing and he's funny. Adam Sandler. Yeah, of course. And like all good films, it has a happy ending at the end. So, you know, we all want the fairy tale one way or another. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, What's the app you use on your phone the most? Probably BBC Sport. Okay. Maybe WhatsApp because you arrange you arrange so many of your group things. Well, the thing is now I'm I'm like I, I can't believe I've got so many WhatsApp groups. Yeah. I just get added to a random WhatsApp group. I'm well, interestingly, yeah. and you know, like I was just about with this football group that we play every week. Yeah. And these are grown men. Yeah. Right. But the text goes out or the, the WhatsApp message goes out 7 a.m. on Monday morning. Right. Are you available? There's a group of between 25 and 30 lads, ranging from their 30s right up to 59 years old, oh, yeah. right? Okay, oh, yeah. And you would be amazed how many guys set their alarm for 7 o'clock because when that message comes out on the WhatsApp group, they want to be in the, in the reckoning yeah, that week. Yeah, gotcha. So there's a bit of competition in terms Well, of it's because every, it's such a yeah. good standard and yeah, it's good for fitness. Yeah, and yeah. What's your funniest travel story? Funniest travel story? Um... I remember once being um, going through passport control and the guy said to me, do you have any distinctive marks? And I'm thinking, no, I don't really. Yeah. Many, many years ago when I was a junior in the print trade, 
I used a scalpel and I, I cut through my arm. Okay. And I've got this, you can't even see it if I showed you now. And I remember saying to the guy at Passport, well, I've got this scar on my arm. And he's going, well, where? And I'm, and I'm trying to show him. And I, I literally had to move, move aside the hairs yeah, on my yeah, arm. And show. Yeah, I don't think that counts as distinctive, to be honest, if no. you've got to show him where he is. But I remember being extremely, <laughs> extremely embarrassed. Yeah. So there's a travel story for you. What, um, what thing are you most proud of? Uh, being a father. Yeah. I have two grown-up daughters who are my whole world. Yeah. Twen- 26, 23. You know, up until the point they were born, I wasn't really sure of what I'd have achieved in life or what right. I was successful at. When they came into my world, I wanted to be a successful dad. Yeah. And really that's... I'll uh, tell you what, I'll tell you what, that... Andy is everything that drives me. Mm. I've got two girls as well, mine are uh, 8 and 15. Um, and I don't care what I, any any other job I do, business owner, this pop like everything is driven by what I want to do for those kids. Mm. And it's weird because you go from the stage where you want your parents to be proud of you, and I'm still, mum, 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 dad's still around, they still want that. Then it goes from what, what am I doing as a role model yep. for, for, for your girls? Yep. And I get them in their early 20s, they're doing all right. Do you know what? They both work incredibly hard. They both work uptown. Yeah. Um, and they make me proud every day. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, we are bulk standard family. Yeah. You know, when they were teenagers, one of them was as good as gold, yeah. and one of them threw everything at me by the kitchen sink. Yeah. Life is not plain sailing, no, no. Um, but we are very lucky that the age we are now, we're very close. Yeah. You know, me being 51 and them 26 and 23, we'll go to concerts together. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, at that yeah. age where, you know, we're not mates, but we get on great. Yeah, and, and, and also all the years, that I, cause, because uh, me and myself and their mum, we divorced when they no. were, you know, but I, I had 50-50 custody of them. So they live with me half the time. Yeah, so so that continuation, I saw them every day of, of their lives and my life. And, and, and I'm really lucky now that we have that closeness. Yeah. My oldest daughter will come to West Ham with me. Love it, mm. love it. So I, 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 my, my 15-year-old grew up to Japan this year, me and, me and her, just me and her. Um, and she's my little music aficionado. So she's like, oh, Dad, you've got to listen. Louis Capaldi at the minute the one she loves. So he's a, a sort of like a... Uh, is an indie singer and she said, Dad, you've got to listen to it and then she'll go, have you listened to him yet? Like, she'll, she'll test me on sure. whether, whether I've done it and we both love reading as well so um, she recommends books to me and I to her and then she'll, she'll die in to tell me what happens in the book. So, Look, I haven't read it yet, give me a chance, give me a chance. Um, I know you love what you do but if you could try any other job or occupation for the day, assuming you're going to be amazing at it, what would you choose? Would you play for West Ham? <laughs> I've lived that dream a million times. <laughs> I even I even take my boots over there sometimes and place. <laughs> yeah, just give me a yeah. Um, No, I think that if I'd been if I'd been given a God-given voice, yeah. I'd have wanted to have been a front man in a band or a singer all day long. Yeah. Um, I almost feel at times like I was born to be on a stage. I yeah. feel like an entertainer a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but probably in answer to your question, I'd like to be an actor. 
Okay. Okay. Because I think you know, you don't have to be yourself. You can be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'd have. I'd love it. I'd love a crack at that. I'd yeah, love a crack at yeah, that. Sounds good. Last one. Oh, I've got to pick one now. Because um, it's World Book Day. Oh. The uh, my daughter's gone as um, my daughter's gone as the cat in the hat today. The little and the big one doesn't get to dress up anymore. If you could dress up as any book character or a film character, apart from the wedding scene, yep. we'll be at him, who would you choose? <laughs> Let's go for Bruce Bogtrotter from Matilda. Nice one, I like it, I like it a lot. You can do it, Brucey. <laughs> Really good, mate. So, um, tell us about where people can get in touch with either the fundraising team okay. or the find out more about right. the hospice. Well, it's interesting. I was on a course last week, and and a lady was saying that websites are becoming so old hat now. It's all social media. Right. Um, don't know if that's strictly true. I think plenty of people still visit our website yeah, because yeah. they can get so much information. www.sfh.org.uk. Okay. Um, lots of information there. But St Francis Hospice is on the Twitter. Okay. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. Okay. Um, but the good old telephone will do as well. Right. We get people all the time that say they're interested in volunteering. Yeah. Um, 01708 753 319 gets you straight through to main reception at the hospice. Okay, cool. And then they'll put and, you And if you're interested in talking to people who want to volunteer, want to get involved in any way? Chris, there's so much that people can do that they don't even realise because we have volunteer gardeners. Okay. We have volunteer drivers. Yeah. We have people that will give an hour or a couple of hours a week on the wards, okay. just serving teas and coffees and hot chocolates Help to the patients. Yeah. Yep. But also, there are around about, oh, I'm losing track now, but something like 15, 16 shops, St. Francis Hospice shops, across the catchment area okay. now. So lots of volunteers go into the retail side of things. Okay. They'll do a couple of hours there. Amazing. There's so much you can do. Um, I've really enjoyed today. Thank so you. thank you very much. I've, uh, I've loved chatting, even though we went off on a couple of chat tangents, but that's always the way we have interviews. Um, and thanks for coming along. You're more than welcome. So what did you think of Andy's interview? It was good. It was. Um, shall we crack on with the end of the show? Oh, yes. Tis the end! <sighs> <laughs> but, as we know... The end is never the end. Because? The end is always the beginning. And we've got something for you guys. It's called this week's, last week's, this week's question of the podcast. Woo! And this week's, last week's question of the podcast was, what, in your opinion, is the greatest man-made wonder of the world? What did you say originally? I don't remember. No, so I'll share some of um, some of our listeners' answers and our social media connectors' answers. What's the greatest man-made wonder of the world? Jim Harron reckons. Can you hear the dog in the background? Mm-hmm. Jim Harron reckons children. Yeah, the man-made. That's very true. And woman-made. Uh, Matthew Wong said bread. He likes bread. I don't know if bread would be the greatest man-made wonder of the world, though, because you could live without bread, couldn't you? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, come in, come in. <laughs> Hello. I'm feeding the dog dog treats. Uh, you're feeding the dog dog yeah. treats. So, what's the greatest man-made wonder of the world? 
Foods. Foods. <laughs> um, Roberta White, friend of the show. Especially pasta. Introduces new contributor, John White, Granddad Potatoes. Granddad Potatoes! Granddad Potatoes! Says um, the World Wide Web. And Robbie White. No, can I tell them how um, we call them Granddad Potatoes? So, when I was a baby, we go to Scotland every Christmas. And um, when I was a baby, um, Granddad used to take me out. Granddad um, um, farming. In his garden. In his garden, yeah. Yeah, and um, the dig up potatoes. Yeah, we used to dig up potatoes, and one day I went to Granddad and said, Granddad, potatoes? <laughs> and it stuck, hasn't it? And you still call him Granddad Potatoes, don't you? And I never knew I did. You know what? You should carry that on until you're about 80. Just carry on calling him Granddad Potatoes. <laughs> Lee Harris said, um, man, the greatest man. Charlotte sort of grows, calls him Grandad Taters. No, I don't. What right. do you call him? Lee Harris, we are recording the podcast here. Are we aware of that, people? <laughs> um, Lee Harris said, the greatest man made thing is humans. Um, Tracy very Dames, true. We do make it. Tracy Dames said, children. Patrick Floyd said, language. Sadly, badly used all too often, and in this age, bypassed with memes and emojis. Kat so Kate, true. Kat so Kate, worth it. <laughs> says her favourite man-made thing: Wi-Fi. Um, Very and, true. And um, uh, Rohan said, "Machu Picchu," and Petra. Um, John Cook reckons the pyramids. So does Dom Thomas. Tracy Kinchella reckons love is the greatest man-made thing. But Not man-made. I want the ma- best home man-made. Homemade. Man-made. Go on then, say it. Fucking. Fucking. <laughs> Fucking. Could be there. Could be there. Fucking. Uh, Rich Ellis said, "Red, red." Wine. Um, uh, Amanda Smith said, "The best wonder, wonder of the world is free love." Alison Hagen reckons the Great Wall of China. Heidi Ball reckons pyramids. And Lauren Ball says, not sure if this is a man-made wonder, but I've always admired the terracotta around me. So Alison Hagen said the Great Wall of China. She did. What do you think? Still want to go to still the Great Wall. Still pocket. Pocket. Still. <laughs> you still think it's pocket. <laughs> and that's it. No, no. For this no. week's, for this week's, that's it for this Lego. week's podcast. We're Lego. done. Lego. We are, we are firmly, Finito. we are firmly done for this week's podcast, and we will, my friends, see you next week. Bye.